0: Hey there, folks. We are back. It's the Unicast, once again, episode 106. And today, we are joined by GFOP Chris Mandry, uh, Boilermaker Go the Distance Runner, as we prepare for Boilermaker number 40, 2017. Uh, Also this week, we are joined by Mr. Maiden Utica himself, justin parkinson and we're going to talk about uh assemblyman Brendisi running for congress we're going to talk about the uber rollout in utica uh we're going to play a new segment called i'm going with this guy and we're going to talk about the progressive liberal dan richards all that and more happy fourth of july folks it's the uticast and we are here uh, oh yeah Hey baby, it's the fourth of July. You know that one? What is that? Never heard that song? No. That's Fourth of July by the band X, which is a really cool Fourth of July song. X? They're a punk band. They're called X. But Uh, later in their career they got away from like the punk rock. Like you know how punk rock bands do that sometimes? Right, they they get old. They get old can't play as loud and fast anymore. (laughs) Start playing like alt country sorta and you're like, okay, well Yeah. That's a weird progression to go from, like, punk rock to, like, light alt country, but I see it happen in weird punk bands I grew up listening to. Like, The Men is a good example of another band that sort of did the same thing. Like, hardcore punk into weird, almost wilco style rock, country I feel like
1: rock. it makes sense, because where else would you really go from there?
0: Yeah, how much louder? How much more can you turn Well, that's it the thing.
1: Up? You're not going to be playing, like, you know, louder and faster and complaining about the stuff, like, young people problems like you do in in punk music yeah exactly I think alt country is kind of the way for a lot of those people to go because it's still the natural songwriting about like personal things and personal stuff that goes on you know what I mean like from the heart about your life but it's just a little bit different style
0: yeah you'd replace that Mm -hmm. distortion with like a twang or a reverb sound instead almost I mean which is
1: funny because now that I'm an old man punk rocker I just want to get a Gretsch and write like (laughs) squirrely songs with like chords
0: (laughs) Well, welcome, folks. It is episode 106. Uh, We are joined this week by my good friend, our good friend. We go way back, Christopher Mandry, who's joining us. He is one of the Boilermaker 2017 go the distance
1: runners. It's always interesting to me when you stockpile a bunch of interviews like when you get some yeah. time you can knock out a bunch of interviews <laughs> Yeah. because then we'll get to the show and I have no idea who's on. Yes, it's our good buddy
0: Chris Mandry who's oh, on today. Oh, okay. Uh, and we're going to have a special uh, visit from uh, the infamous one Justin Parkinson later on in the show today. Heather
1: very much out of town enjoying the fourth with her family. Yes,
0: Heather's out. She, You know what's funny too is I love Heather. She's the best. She's been texting me for two days sort of telling me she's not going to be able to make it mm-hmm. but the way she's been telling me is she's like is there any way we can go early i really want to talk about all this stuff like she was so gassed up to talk about all the stuff we had to talk about she's today. so sweet she was like she's legitimately upset that i was like listen i was like please do not care go enjoy your vacation and your family tell her a podcast never sleeps <laughs> casting never sleeps it's true uh it is boiler maker week i suppose yeah,
2: bloody it sure yeah.
1: is. <laughs> Sure is. we gonna talk I, I haven't gotten an itinerary for what we're talking about. Is Boilermaker on the docket? I mean, we're gonna talk about well, you know, we're gonna talk about it with Chris a lot during
0: the show. I sort of left a spot right here. Um, oh, oh there's this the spot. Yeah. Here we uh, are. Wanna shout out to GFOP uh Jordan Peters who uh who directed me toward the Boilermaker app, which they've been really like pushing. Yeah. Uh, it is cool. I've been using it a lot. Uh it's a great piece of uh, application. I guess was, how do you call it applicants? <laughs> It's a fine application. We'll just let you float. I'll That's not on that one. No, um so Boilermakers coming up this weekend for all you people who are training like myself, now is the time as I sit here and drink whiskey. And don't go for <laughs> a run. And don't go for a run. Oh uh, man. What are your, you're you're on the other side of this because
1: you're thinking about it from a work perspective. So what <laughs> Boilermakers this weekend you don't say. I hadn't heard. Um it's crazy because the past couple weeks, so, you know, we're obviously we're in charge of the post-race mm. party. We do it down at Saranac. Uh, with this being the 40th anniversary, it's expecting, projecting to be even bigger than ever. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how all-consuming it becomes. Like, today was Monday. We went into work, and we are going to take uh, most of tomorrow off for yeah. the 4th because we're going to be closed. But this week, I've sort of, even tail end of last week and this week, I've completely... Forsaken anything that's not Boilermaker related. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like I've got people calling me trying to like book events or start doing this or that and like late August, September. I'm right. like, look, don't I'm they're like, Did you get my email? I'm like, it's in there. Just not this week. It's uh it's full steam ahead, but we're looking good. I'm just I'm hoping the weather holds off, man. That's yeah. it. The party will be great. The beer is cold, everything is all set. There's a lot of people who have been doing it for you know 25, 30 years, yeah. a lot longer than me. And it's nice to have those people on the team. I'm going to say the name wrong. What's the new beer? Uh, House Lager. I've had it. It's very good. H-A-U-S. Oh, House. Yeah, you're gonna see if you come within a mile of the Boilermaker on Sunday, you're not gonna be able to miss the house logger branding. You'll mm. have no questions after this week.
0: You need a house of cards logo, like H A U S of Cards, and just put that beer up in front of like the Capitol, right? There's your
1: Sometimes you feel like things hit too close to home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, Boilermaker,
1: uh I know that you're stressed out. I'm stressed out. You know what the funny thing is, actually, and I've been saying this to people all week, I feel like I'm stressed out in the sense that like I'm tired and I realize I have very many very long days coming up, but I feel like I should be more panicked, and so it therefore makes me panicked that I'm not more panicked, right? That's fair. It's like when you wake up feeling really well-rested when you're in an early alarm set, you're like, wait a minute, did I sleep through my alarm? What's going on here? Did yeah. I miss something?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm... I'm more concerned because.
1: Are you uh, going to finish this thing? I've seen yes. you run
0: once since the last boiler, maker. I went twice in the last four days, uh, okay. and I felt okay. Uh, I'm going to go tomorrow, uh, and I'm actually. Uh, you're going to
1: go tomorrow. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. You're going. You're not going tomorrow Is it the rain. No, oh, I don't know about the rain. I'm calling. It. You're not going tomorrow. Why is that? I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> we'll see. I, okay, so here's
0: my, here's my sneaky plan, because I don't know what's going on for 4th of July. See, there it jet, is. Right?
1: There, it's going to scoop you, and then all of a sudden you're going to have like a burger and dog off the grill. No,
0: no, what I'm thinking I'm it's doing, gonna be. I'm thinking that I'm going to retreat tonight, after I post the podcast. I'm going to retreat this evening to the North Country. Interesting. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow in the North Country, and then run in the North Country, and then drive back during the day tomorrow. That's kind of my plan. A you sweet summer child. I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do. I'm tired of running around here. I'm tired of running the Oneida Street route. If you ever see me out there looking haggard and <laughs> falling apart, that's me. Uh, so I'm thinking just change it up. Uh, plus, I got the keys to this facility, which I've never had before, mm-hmm. my family camping facility. And I'm kind of tempted to go try them out and see if they work. Yeah. It's a short enough drive where I don't feel like totally, like it's not that big of a deal. Totally out of your element. Yeah, 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 yeah it's fine. Uh, so that's my plan I have the rest of this week To really buckle down I have a plan set in mind For what I'm gonna do I feel good Except for my calves And thighs And arms All that hurts But everything else Besides that I feel pretty good um, I'm sure Look You know here's the, here's the secret About the Boilermaker I could walk it And finish it In like two hours And I'd still get to the end And still be, You know what I mean Like it's not There's not a discernible amount of pressure On me I'm certainly Probably not gonna win Wouldn't it be a bastard If I did win it <laughs> would be amazing Amazing. All right, so I thought about this because when you're running in in preparation, I was running over on Street, and one of the worst parts of my run on Nida Street is you get from like the um, Ridgewood Market type area yep. right up to the top of basically Gear Ave or. Valentine uh, Bray, right there in that area, because it's all pretty much uphill from there. So to get through that, I have to think about a lot of nonsense to like keep my brain distracted. And one of the things that I was thinking about, I was like, "All right, so let's say I started the race against like whoever the guy who's gonna win the Boilermaker is, right? Like, sure. The number one, me and this guy, just head to head at the start of the Boilermaker <sighs> line. I'm curious how long I could even hang with him, like on a not. I'm not talking like a couple miles. I'm talking Seconds. like. Seconds. Seconds. Like, would we? Uh, there's a guy who holds up the sign at the .3 mile uh, mile mark that says "Only nine miles left," and I hate that guy. He's there every year. Right. But I don't. I think that by the
1: .3 miles, he would already be out of my view. It would be at his discretion. Those people win mm. because you know they they can pace themselves and go on. But like, I feel like if that guy decided to kick the afterburners right off the line just to prove mm. a point, you'd be you'd be dusted.
0: Yeah. It's got to be crazy to be that fast, to, like, think you're going to win this race. Like, to go out there and be like, I got a chance to win this thing this week. Like, that's wild.
1: It's I feel like it's even crazier to be one of those people who's like, well, I know I can break top 50. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then you're really like, I'm out here, but am I
0: really out here? If I break the top 1,000, I feel, like, gassed. I have not. I certainly won't. But I'm saying, like, if I did, I'd feel very excited. Uh, so yeah, Boilermaker coming up this weekend. Download the Boilermaker app. Shout out to GFOP, Jordan Peters. Um, shout out to Chris Mandry, who's running his first Boilermaker, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, I wouldn't call this an abridged show by any means, because by the time we get through some of this stuff, I feel like we're going to be at normal show length, so I'm not going to call it an abridged holiday
1: episode. No, you, you misledically call things abridged episodes here and there. You just sort of make it up. <laughs> like, this is an abridged uh, episode. No it's, not. I got, <laughs> no, it's not. I got a couple things.
0: Uh, I want to talk about uh, the first one is just because I'm a Reddit guy and I find this fascinating. What are your thoughts Have you had any thoughts about Trump and his anti CNN tweets involving uh, the WWE meme? Yo, the he's
1: he's such a scumbag and I'm professional, but it I, wrestling gifs really touch my heart. Like that's <laughs> the one where I'm like, this absolutely should not be happening um, for the president. But like, goddamn it, if I didn't chuckle just a little bit on that one. What scares me about it is like what. I'm seeing all sorts of. I'm a, I mean, we've talked about being Reddit guys.
0: We like Reddit. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's
0: yeah. The I enjoy reading Reddit. You know what I mean, sure. But like, one of the there's a lot of talk about the the are the Donald subreddit lately because that's where this meme sort of. I feel like it's the throughout.
1: only thing they have been talking about for like eight, ten months yeah. now. It's been but, I've, it's nonstop. But if I told
0: you like six months ago that like the president of the United States is going to reference a meme created by some dude named like whatever fart scratcher on Six the internet. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, I would have you. Do you know what I mean? It just seems like such an odd place for the president to be is like citing right alt-right Reddit memes. Well,
1: it's... I, do you know I, what I mean?
0: I don't know if you know this, but Donald Trump is the president. <laughs> so. It's such a weird... I don't really want to get too far no, into it. not at all. Uh, and because the reason not is, I think this is all a cover for the fact that Mitch McConnell still can't find uh, enough people to vote for his crummy health care plan. Yeah, it's, this is it's just... <laughs>
1: all this dumb stuff is always a distraction. It's very much mm. by design. Keep your eye on the ball, kids. Mm. Keep your eye on the ball.
0: So we're not going to stay too far in that. Let's actually move to some local politics, because that's actually been very interesting as of late. Uh, for those of you guys who've listened to our show before, you know we've had uh, Assemblyman Anthony Brindisi on the show. Uh, he's the GFOP. He's a great guy. It was a great interview. Uh, last Wednesday, he announced his can- he's going to start his campaign to challenge Claudia Tenney uh, in 2018 for her seat in Congress. Um, you have any thoughts about this right off the bat?
1: Um, as as anybody you know, as anybody knows, I I think I think it's awesome. I think yeah. he's going to go for it. Um. I wish him the best. Uh, as I've said before, I don't think I've been unclear about my feelings about sure. Claudia Tenney, oh, but of us have. I think that, you know, just for anybody who missed out, she's a disingenuous scumbag. And um, <laughs> it's a shame that she represents us <laughs> yes, on a large level. And Certainly. I thought that it was very disappointing that the second he declared, she went out and made some, like, buzzwordy, like, attack Fox News type yeah, statement about it. And it's like, then. It's like just dog whistling, mm. like attack-dogging these people, and it's it's gross, and she's a yeah. uh, liar in the worst. I invite her, again, as always, uh, Claudia. Anytime <laughs> you want to come on the show and mm. debate with me on the show, Sam will skip the interview. I will be the interview uh, guy. Just reach out. Have your people call uh, my people, which is Sam. Uh, the... <laughs> have my peop- Have your people call, call Sam. Sam yeah. <laughs> uh, so Claudia's quote
0: that we're discussing, uh, she called him a quote-unquote slick politician, who pretends to be moderate, but is really just rubber-stamping Governor Cuomo. Now, I am a newbie to... Yo, that doesn't even mean anything. Now, <laughs> what she's referring to, what she's doing right here, and I think I got this right in terms, is gaslighting. Yes. Right? So what she's doing is c- claiming that Brindisi does all the things that she does to Trump, but she's claiming
1: he does it. And that's projection. That's projection. That's not and... what gaslighting is. Gaslighting no? is a different thing. What am, I, what, am I right, though? Is this gaslighting? Ish. <laughs> ish. <laughs> Gaslight's a great term. It is a great. Um, term. I thought the worst part. Are you gonna read the second half? No, no, go before? ahead. No, go. Well, no, no, because I was gonna say just in the second half. She's like, this will just prove as another rubber stamp for Nancy Pelosi's radical leftist <laughs> agenda. Yo, like, real talk, if anybody in the world thinks oh. that there's some sort of radical leftist agenda in our mainstream politics, you need to read about what politics are. We don't have, like, radical leftist is a joke. We don't have anything radical leftist. It means nothing. Again, it, Claudia, debate me on the show. I get so mad. What's interesting I get so mad. What's
0: interesting about this, though, and I think is should be both fascinating and disconcerting for us Is that both Republicans and Democrats are currently really enamored with our district, this 22nd district, as a top national priority in 2018. Because it seems like a district that both sides think they can win. Yes. Um, I am sort of... I'm sort of intrigued by it, uh, especially because Chuck Schumer's really been pushing Brindisi. There's a little report coming out today that like Schumer has been sort of tapping Brindisi I'm hoping
1: that this. I see Schumer at the Boilermaker. Yeah. I saw him last year. He came through mm. with a lot of security and was walking through saying he was doing a great job. Mm. I really, really hope that I can get 90 seconds on on Chuck Schumer's ear. Yeah, uh, you know, and not, and this is, you know, not because I don't have anything mean that I want to say. Certainly, I just I would like to get ninety seconds to talk to like a leading yeah. senator at a national yeah. level. It's crazy though to see this race get so much attention when like, you know, these people. It is. Weird. Our district is small enough. Like I know both of these people. Well, that's the funny part. One I, of these people's been in my home. I sent a message
0: to Anthony after mm-hmm. he announced this, like the day after. I said, "Hey, man," and I and I've been very candid about my feelings about this on the show. I don't feel bad talking about it. No. I said. You know, look, uh, I'm really happy that you're running. It's nice to know that there's somebody out there who's going to really make me feel positive about like, the future, like what's what's out there for us, mm-hmm. right? And I sort of, and I sort of, obviously, I sort of shielded. I was like, hey, anytime you want to come on again and talk about, <laughs> talk about it, anytime you want, like come on. And I just assuming the and he cast goes to Congress, yeah. Uh, but he he told me he said anytime he, we want him to come on, he's going to come on. So I'm certainly going to bring him on soon for you listeners out there. He was very happy to do it uh and also like we're saying i feel like not to be too one-sided we should also invite claudia anytime
1: i will cook dinner I will cook. You come over to the house anytime. We don't uh, even have to record it. Come sit on the back porch with me. Let's have a beer, and let's just talk about some things. Uh, you do you. That's not for me. Please. I'm going to become the chief uh. political correspondent on the Unicast, and I'm going to start interviewing um, these people. i want to get all the congressmen. Well, because
0: we have Mr. Parkinson coming on, I'm going to push my other slightly political uh, topic here to this section, because we want to talk about it. Why? So we can be contrary? No, because I, I just think it's funny. Uh, so this is a new segment I'm working on. It's called "I'm Done with This Guy." All right, mm-hmm. that's the name of this segment. And today's recipient of "I'm Done with This Guy" is Representative. I like this. Yeah, I'm gonna start getting one of these every week. <laughs> I'm done with this guy, uh, Representative Jason Chavitz, Uh who. Yo, I've the- been done with Chaffetz. He's <laughs> another one who is also the worst. Uh, so he is a Republican from Utah, and he has a uh, he has a new. Uh, idea that he's pushing that uh, Congress should give Congress members thirty thousand extra dollars a year uh, to help pay for rent because do it's you a want very to know districts.
1: do you want to know another story about Jason Chaffetz? Something else he said money wise before he resigned from Congress because he's complicit. I would love, to. I'd love um, to hear that. He was the one who came out and said, "Hey, maybe if you folks want to afford your health care, you can just not get that new iPhone." Yes. Because new iPhones That's cost true. the same amount That's as right. chemo fucking therapy. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, pardon my Fourth of July French here. Feeling real patriotic today. Um, I'll say this. Uh, I
0: did look up like the salary. Yo, he looks like a weasel. You seen his yeah, face? He's a disgusting looking character. It's I look weird face. Do you know what like a congressman makes? Uh, yes. It's like $160,000, $170,000 a year, approximately. Yeah. So apparently, this $170,000 a year is not enough. So they need this, what breaks down to a $2,500 a week stipend. Well, plus, these people are all millionaires as well, generally. So they want, like, a general, like, an average person's salary on top of what they're already making because they need extra rent money, which is. Rent. They should make them live in dorms. That's that was the story i heard they said they should make i had a military guy i was reading on reddit who responded to the story and was like they should make them live in military style like housing just like four to a room and a common rec room and a common like shared bathroom facility they're like they work for the government that's where you live right mm-hmm. i don't know i thought uh so yeah jason chaffetz i'm done with this guy i got nothing else for him. <laughs> uh that's all i think we should do for the first segment i think parkinson will like the rest of the stuff we have to talk about including
1: uh what do we what do we write so parkinson likes it we're sitting here writing so justin will like it what have we become (laughs) what does this whole thing become it's a different world we live in he's not
0: gonna like anything no do you want to talk about the flood before he gets here no we should talk
1: about the flood did you the flood was really really crazy i've never seen rain like that yeah uh, that i can remember
0: I, I told this story to you a thousand times already, uh, so I feel weird telling it again, but I think it's worthwhile telling it. No, it's no, the
1: magic of the show. Tell me
0: again. Yeah. I, w- <laughs> I went to get a haircut that morning. I didn't, I really didn't put two and two together that it was so bad out. Like, mm-hmm. I knew that it had, there had been flood warning. My mom had told me her basement had flooded the day before. Sure. And I was just like, God, I reckon it rain. You know what I mean? Our basement actually, the way our basement is, it actually, it doesn't really flood. Because it all sort of floods. here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty, we're pretty lucky for the most part. The way that it's Fingers set Fingers crossed, yeah. yeah. Um, but I went to get a haircut that morning because it was really the last time I could get a haircut before the 4th of July holiday, Mm uh, which, you know, needed to do it. Uh, so I drove down Genesee street, which was wild, wild. And I, um, I took a right onto Campion road. It was blocked off. And as I got to where the post office is on Campion road, it was just cones and police officers. And behind it was a lake. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Just man. a lake of water, and you could see cars that had braved it mistakenly and were stuck in the water. Mm-hmm. Even the New Hartford Shopping Center was,
1: I would say, at least almost a foot deep. I don't feel like I'm exaggerating when I say it was almost a foot deep yeah. when you were driving through the center. I believe it. it was, I was coming back from uh, work. Um, it was probably around 4 o'clock, and I was coming down Brookline. You are coming yeah. out of that, that neighborhood that's that yes. little U next to Higby. Uh, so right that last road that comes out near the bridge that you go over before you go to the underpass to the village of Hartford mm-hmm. and I was down there at the edge when the river came over the bridge on yeah. Genesee Street and I had no joke there was another car behind me and I was not panicking but I was like we need to get out of here yeah. you need to back up like I'm hitting my horn I'm mm-hmm. like we need to get the hell out of here right get now because the river was coming we had a whole, uh, we had a whole lake down in the Saranac Thursday parking lot. Yeah, we had we got about two feet in our engine room, and we had, I mean, it was super deep. It was covering picnic tables down there yeah. because the Nail Creek overflowed, which not a lot of people know. Nail Creek is a real thing. It runs yeah. under the street now because you know they've paved over it, but the Nail Creek runs under the brewery and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And all that water just came and overwhelmed the drain systems. It was crazy to see how much stuff. See, manhole covers get blown off. This is where I get really existential sometimes. I think, like, man, see,
0: nature, man. Nature would screw us over really fast. Like, humans are not... We think we're prepared for, like, all this stuff. But in reality, mm-hmm. we're not really prepared for, like, if, no? if it got really bad. Like, if it was, like, the day after tomorrow, whatever that movie mm-hmm. was, right? Yeah. Of course, that's not a very good movie.
1: Uh, it's disaster porn. If you're into watching, like, big explosions and things falling apart, which, spoiler alert, I am. It's not so bad. <laughs> That's a movie you go see in the theater because
0: it's worth it to see it on a big screen. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's take a break uh, and get into this week's interview with our good friend. Uh, this is his second time on the show, and I, I told him this when we did the interview, and I'll say it right off the bat, so... I didn't mean for it to be exactly 100 episodes since the last time he was on the show. I feel like that's show. the
1: second or third time that's happened where somebody's exactly X-Mon episodes later. People are going to think that because... Are I was, we officially out of material? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Is, think, is 106 people all the people we know? No, because I
0: got new interviews coming up this week people we haven't done before. So we'll who knows? Who knows this guy? Uh, so, uh, so let's get into this week's interview with our very good friend. Uh, he is a Boilermaker, go the distance runner, doing his first ever Boilermaker this weekend. Uh, you also might know him from Street Rock Mafia, from Squall, from Havoc, Sinister Saint, any of the many games Covey bands. Computer Software. Covey Computer Software. Shout out to if the labs. If you lads. don't
1: know him, you should know him. Chris Mandry's everywhere. He's always on the scene. Say hello. One of the kindest, kindest men that I know. One of my dearest friends.
0: And also look for his brand new business, BizAff. com. Chris Mandry, coming up right now.
3: If there's one other person in the room or one other
0: then you don't have to legally even say anything. It is just you and me here though. So like it's just my word against your word. I approve on (laughs) tape on tape. Like (laughs) it's it's just you and me posturing with people to listen to it. Um so, what was I gonna say? Um I'll say this. I didn't plan to have you in today necessarily, and I don't want you to mean it the wrong way, but like we talked about I wanted to have you in before the boilermaker specifically, since you're running the boilermaker as one of the go the distance runners so we'll get into that in just a minute chris mandry the legend um so in my i want to say this first weird happy accidents like this happen a lot on this podcast and i don't know why um it's the universe yeah. it's the universe i think it's the universe because today I, when you came in i was like i gotta look up what episode you were on and you said it's between two and four and i said okay and i looked up and it's number six Oh, and my favorite number Well, what's interesting about that is This is episode 106 uh-huh. So by no I didn't plan it As usual But it is now exactly 100 episodes From the time you were on last time Which was, if I remember correctly The CNY Comedy Cup which is- Oh my
3: <laughs> god yeah. So what was that? That had been two years ago then
0: yeah, more, two years ago. We just did our... So, yeah. under, I mean, because
3: it would be a weekend episode, yeah. so that was... Uh, Almost exactly two years from when you did the Comedy Cup. Crazy. Two so years, it was right? like, yeah, basically 23 months. How's your stand-up going these days? Oh, great, dude. <laughs> Killing it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't done it since we last did an interview, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, you know, it's uh, I've, I've found a lot of interesting challenges in that. Um, mm mm-hmm. The first time I did stand up was awesome. I sold a lot yeah. of tickets personally to people. I sure. had I knew who the audience was. Um, it was a very comfortable setting. I did like twenty five minutes. Yeah. And it was just like Which is long, by the way. It's a yeah. really long I track. had it was the first time I ever did, I lied about getting it. it was a very I said that I could do sure it <laughs> of course, right? and you know, it turns out I was, you know, um, right for that time. Sure. But then the next, you know, four to five times was a little off. (laughs) I make this comparison all the time.
0: I got really into stand-up comedy in New York City when I was living down there. The last, like, six months I was down there, a friend of mine, Anthony O'Connell, who I talk to via Facebook and text all the time, he's a great guy, he sort of allowed me to, like, follow him into like this weird like stand-up world we go to like these bars in new york and long and long island city and brooklyn and places like that and i would just sort of watch him do stand-up and i was doing it under the guise of getting quote-unquote material for my novel which never finished uh but that's what i would go in there and i would watch it and i thought it was it's engrossing because unlike music which is the world that i feel like you and me are more comfortable in because we grew up in that sort of that music Mm -hmm. background if I'm not having, like, a, I say this all the time, so I'm sorry, listeners. If I'm not having a good time singing, right, if I'm having a bad day on the mic, I can sort of fade back and play guitar a little bit, or I can lean on Nick to play the guitar solo or whatever. You know what I mean, when you do comedy, it's very visceral and very direct, that moment. Like, people will be laughing and laughing, and then there'll be something that doesn't hit, and all of a sudden it it's instantaneous, and you hear the reaction. And it doesn't hit as much, and it gets in your head, I feel like. that's That's what always scared me about wanting to do it, because I always wanted to do it, but I'm like, what happens when I... When my beats start going off and I fall off the track, I feel like I'll train wreck really bad. If you listen to the podcast, I train wreck a lot. So
3: it's all it's it's all in your mind, you know. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you screw up and you know you screw up, then the audience knows you screwed up mm-hmm. because they see that you know that you screwed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yes, yes. And it's, it's very like, meta. And it's like very, like it's like boom, like that happened, oh, but then. By the time they realize that, if you're already in the mental track of I'm going on to the next note, not what happened then, but I'm going on to the next note, yeah, then it's just like then they follow that. Then like, <laughs> all right, we're back <laughs> on it. I yeah, love yeah. this song. Exactly. It's uh, <laughs> uh it's intense, man. Performance is intense. Any kind of performance, whether it's whether you're playing music, whether you're out there doing stand up comedy, whether you're in a play, you know, it's all um it's all very intense.
0: What about uh, what about athletic performance, Chris? How do you feel about athletic performance?
3: Well, it's funny that you mentioned it, so. <laughs> I actually have I have um, a clothing line coming out. Um, oh, god.
0: <laughs> I was gonna talk about the boilermaker. I didn't know you were gonna start talking about bizath. No. Oh, go yeah. ahead, no, please. No,
3: yeah. Um, <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh... Please,
0: no, please, because Kevin and I think this is an elaborate troll drop. I'm not sure about it. So please so please sell it to me before I lose my nerve for it. <laughs>
3: So it's basically as you see me right now okay, wearing a shirt and tie um, perfectly matched in the box. it looks good. <laughs> Thank you. Bad now, radio. this is uh, yeah, I know when you look at the microphone and, <laughs> and, and like acting towards it, you know that's, uh, that's probably that's probably not the that best thing for radio. So but so you look at me right now hmm. what yes. do you think?
0: You are ready for
3: business mode right yeah right And then when I stand up, Pretend I'm wearing shorts.
1: You have athletic <laughs> shorts on, yes. Right. And so, then that's the
3: athletic part. Business and on top. I will just beat you and You know, that's, that's the idea, is to <laughs> challenge whoever you're around. That's not, that's not really the idea. But so business athletic, you know, is business up top <laughs> and a party down below.
0: <laughs> so does this mean that you are running the Boilermaker in like a suit coat on top and athletic shorts on the bottom?
3: Uh... <laughs> Not a suit call, <laughs> yeah,
0: sure But uh, yeah. Um, so here's how I imagined today was going to go when I woke up this morning because I'm also training for the Boilermaker, but I'm very, very far behind. I'm really, really doing a very bad job. So in my mind, my head today was all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call Chris early in the day and we're going to go do Can the- I borrow your knee brace? <laughs> yeah, borrow your knee <laughs> brace. And you can borrow my wrist brace. Uh, so we're going to go to the developmental runs together. We'll run the dev run together. We'll come back here and do the interview post-developmental run. Now, this didn't happen in any sequence of events. Because what happened was I had the day off today, and I woke up and did yoga kind of early. And I was like, you know what? I'm already in the zone. I better just go now, because otherwise I'm never going to get the nerve to run. So I just had
3: to go. Absolutely. When you're feeling it, I appreciate that. You just got to totally go for it. Um, but in my head, initially, we'd be doing this interview right now, like sweaty and gross, with like tank tops. And me and too. Like, yo, that, how was that run? How oh, that was, it was great. But I hated that one part. You know, <laughs> whatever. But um... <laughs> <laughs> now, you, how did you get initially involved in this, like, go the distance thing? I just want to say first, yeah, I couldn't fall asleep till six thirty in the morning. Went to bed at one. Sure. not Fall asleep till six thirty in the morning yesterday. Why? I don't know. It was interesting. I have... feel like it's like the day after I trained for the. A day after I do training, probably because I don't do it consistently enough, I probably just like pent up energy. Cause I just oh, used a bunch yes. of energy, and then my body fucking, you know, I ate food. And I think I mm-hmm. it, so, um, I think I ate the right way, so it, it stored the energy. I hope. You cook your own food? You like make your own food, or do you like eat out? A Depends lot? on the situation. I I've love noticed, eating out. I've noticed <laughs> that
0: when I. Um, when I actually go grocery shopping and buy food, I tend to be healthier than if I because I get real lazy. I'll come home from work and I'll just be like, I'm just gonna eat this McDonald's dollar menu and jam at my face because you I'm
3: can lazy. you can customize your options. You know, when <laughs> yeah. you get into when you get into into dining out, you know, yeah. I get made fun of often because I'm very picky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the things that I uh, you know like I'll go I went to a restaurant yesterday, I got a turkey burger. On wheat bread, plain, no lettuce, <laughs> tomato, or onion with, a uh, Swiss cheese. You know, I and, a was... balsa- and, uh... A uh, tossed like salad with a little balsamic on the side, and you know, mm. I have
0: a hard time ordering salad in public. It doesn't fill me up the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing, though: I think that I can easily Swifties. get. It was delicious. I can easily get tricked into thinking something's healthy if you put it on a wheat bun. If you, <laughs> if you feel like there's no tricking, it's, it's truly <laughs> healthy. It's not. It, it is a truly a healthy sandwich. <laughs> All right, Chris, I want to get into some of this boilermaker stuff because I am concerned. <clears throat> I've not done any running today. Okay. Was probably the most I've run in
3: okay.
0: two weeks, and I did about I don't know. Three miles. This is your first Boilermaker, right? hmm How did you initially get involved in this go-the-distance thing? Like, how is it your first Boilermaker, and also you're, like, on TV for it? I don't understand. <laughs> well, that's the only people they pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have never done it the first time. Okay, right. so this is all first-time people have right. done it. Right. It's all right. the first-time people who have um, who have done it. Did you apply for this? Did you ask for this? Or is this through your job? Because you work with
3: the Kobe folks, and right. they
0: did the Boilermaker app, which is very cool.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we sponsored the, uh, the Boilermaker app, so the uh, app was created by um, by a company down in um, down Georgia, and so they they gave this to the boiler maker, and they've got the CMS, which um, you kind of fill stuff in from the back end. Sure. Um, content management system. Right, right. So um. So they they put that in, and uh, and we uh, we sponsored. We we gave the Boilermaker money to purchase mm-hmm. that app, and we've been uh, yeah, we've been uh really loving what it uh what it is. So it's there's a live tracking section. There's also a lot of content um on the app as well, including the course map for the 5K the kids run the yeah, wheelchair yeah. race. Yeah. Uh, it's a great app. Yeah. It's yeah. um it's awesome. You can take selfies with it and there's different filters. Mm-hmm. Ooh, filter. Oh filters. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: yup yup now see now we're getting fancy. Now we're talking my because 'cause I've they, we, I've, talked, I've talked about this with Kevin. Uh, I've taken maybe less than 10 selfies in my whole life. I don't know how I feel about turning the camera back on my face. Are you like a big selfie guy? You take a lot of selfies?
3: I actually found a photo of myself when I was nine years old, and it was like the first (laughs) selfie ever. Like, I took the camera, like, I didn't even know if there was film in it probably or not, and I just fucking stabbed
0: there. It's funny. I went to an art museum in D.C. last week, and there was a whole room set aside for... Cat paintings. It was like before there was the internet, there was art that had cats in it. It was like weird paintings from like the sixties and seventies of just like cats. And I was like, see, memes existed before the internet. People now, people love cats. I'm I've grown to like cats now that we have sort of a weird house cat who lives around here.
3: I mean I think it's living that means yeah. well. Do you do you feel do you how
0: prepared are you on a scale of one to ten for this Boilermaker? It's my question for you. Eleven. 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 So you really feel you feel ready for this?
3: I can finish it. I yeah. think it, as it long as I'm not, you know, mm. hitting any of the potholes or you know. Do you whatever. have to run with the group? Um, no, it, at the boilermaker. Yeah, yeah. Neither actually. You know, you you, you got to run at your own pace. It's it's whatever, mm. whatever you are, whatever you're capable of. You know, you gotta you gotta listen to your body and feel it out.
0: I gotta say this. I gotta
3: I gotta call up my good friend GFOP
0: Kate Riley because she ducked out of the the. 15k to do the 5k at the last minute, so mm-hmm. she's not doing it. So now I need someone new to run with. So if you want, you can run with me. I'm very slow. I am not running for pace, I'm running for pleasure because mm-hmm. I like to actually enjoy the race. Do you know what I mean? The race is really that's the part that I'm because here's what I always think of with the Boilermaker and you is on Whitesboro Street when I feel like I'm about to die as my lungs are about to explode, <laughs> and I feel like, why did I sign up for this? This is a terrible idea. This is stupid. I'm never doing this again. You would always be there on the side of the road in an Orlando Magic basketball jersey, playing drums for local music legend Rainbow, and it always gave me the power to uh, to push through to the end of the Boilermaker. And yet this year it's not going to be there. So even though you're in this race with me, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to have that extra pop at the end. Uh, so that's tough. Tough for the crowd as well.
3: How did you start doing that with Sam, Rainbow, by the way? <laughs> I will be there. I will be there for you every step of the way, even if we're not close <laughs> to each other. Um... So with Rainbow, how that all started was um, he asked me one day. He's like, "Hey, you want to play? Um, <laughs> you want to play drums for me? You know, there's gonna be a band. We've got yeah. we got electric, we got electricity." And I thought there was gonna be this is probably five. I want to say like six years ago, and I thought there was gonna be. You know, we've got room for guitar amps. We got room for saxophones like we just did that was probably the same year that i did an open mic with him when i yeah. really first met him. it was a rainbow young orchestra and um he's like hey you know come come play in the, uh, on the uh on the side of the road basically and i tried to get everybody nobody would come but i thought it was gonna be this huge band so i brought a full drum i brought my old premier kit so it was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a bass drum with all these toms and I had a snare drum and cymbals <laughs> and a drum rack and then it's Rainbow <laughs> with an a with an uh, acoustic guitar, and it was just the two of us, and one guy came up and jammed it a little bit.
0: Now, there's probably some people who are gonna listen to this and go, Who's this rainbow person they're talking about? Right. But less than you would imagine. A lot of people know who Rainbow is. I think Rainbow gets a bad rap. Rainbow's more on the ball and got his brothers and people give him credit for I don't think he it. gets a, I
3: don't think he gets a bad rap. I think there's people I mean he's uh He's a, he's, a he is. He's, he's, he's a unique character. He is. He's a unique character for sure. He's in tune. He's in tune to to what's going on. You know, he's it's um he's a good guy. He's one of my Phantom podcast interviews. I'd like to interview Rainbow. Could be a good interview. Maybe for oh, episode totally three,
0: Maybe for episode like two hundred. I'll do that one. I'll be a save that one.
3: I can get him. Just like give me like a thousand bucks. You've
0: knocked <laughs> okay. me. You've knocked me way out of my normal podcasting progression. So I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna circle back around. and We're gonna do a quick. Uh, who is Chris Mandry? Who is Chris Mandry the man? I did a little bit of research. My research only goes back to like when you were I I knew you in Whitesboro. Whitesboro High School is where I met you. But did you did you go to like Whitesboro for like everything else before that? Like where'd you go to school before mm-hmm. that?
3: Yeah. Yep, born and raised in Whitesboro. Word. Word. Um went to uh Hearts Elementary. Okay. Okay. I always
0: ask people about high school because I think high school is interesting. High schools, especially around here, have like stereotypes that sort of fall into their high school. Yeah, did 100%. you? One hundred percent. Did you fall into the? the what was Christy the way? Ass Bro- New Hartford
3: dudes and fucking <laughs> dorky ass fucking Notre Dame motherfuckers. Wow. No, I'm just NF, kidding. NF,
0: NSF for work for Christmas injury. Uh, no, I think that uh, I think that Woodsboro. You you don't strike me as a guy who like falls into the Whitesboro stereotype. Did you ever notice like a Whitesboro stereotype when you go out? People stereotype you for being a guy from Whitesboro. I got that from Proctor. That was kind of my thing. Like Proctor guys got like weird looks. Yeah, did I mean? Yeah. I thought that you went to Notre Dame. Everyone thought that I went to Notre Dame because I hung out with Kevin in like the band. Yes. I, you know what it is about Proctor, which is weird? Proctor was so big that you could just sort of hang out with people from other schools and nobody would notice or care. So I, I think a lot of people, even at Proctor, sort of fell into this thing being like, wait, yeah. you go here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's other people that I'm yeah. just like,
3: I thought you wanted to, mm. you
0: know. And you were playing metal in high school when I met you. That's one of the first things I think of is like going into our mutual friend Steve's basement and watching you play drums. And you were a really amazing drummer back then. Thanks, uh, you're still an amazing drummer. We're going to talk a bit about Syracuse in just a minute, but I want to ask because I've never really asked you: When did you pick up drums? Like in Whitesboro, were you playing drums? No, I was one. You were
3: one. <laughs> yeah, really. You just had yeah. like a like a toy drums around the house and like. Well, so. So this is a story. I mean, it's going to be. You want to hear a shortened version of the story? Or the, tell. I love it. Tell you. I, I'm curious. I've always. Well, you're. I always tell people you're the
0: best drummer I've ever met, and I'm curious at when it like became a part of your life.
3: Uh, from the beginning, as the first yeah. really conscious <laughs> memory yeah. I have, is setting up stuff around me, and um, like I had a little tambourine, this little like bear with like his stomach was like a drum. That's you amazing. know, I had these four things around me, and I would just sit on my on my knees and just play these things. Um, so, I lived right down the street from um, from my grandparents. It was. I live at 15, it's they nice. live at 2, and it's a very, yeah. you know, it's it's a close neighborhood, so yeah, they yeah, would yeah. take care of me a lot. And, That's um, where your parents are now? Yep. Yeah, yeah, like yep. that neighborhood. That's where they've, they've yeah, been there. My grandparents built that house. Mm, great um, house. 50s, something, so, mm. so, uh, so I guess one day my, uh, my grandpa's neighbor was doing some, uh, doing some construction, it was like, but he would do it at, at at times where my my grandfather was trying to relax you know what Mm. i mean so it was like six o'clock on a wednesday night or something where he just got back from work or you know where he's just he's just trying to chill out so um he got a little upset (laughs) (laughs) and uh and then he uh he decided to put me out in the driveway at like I don't know whatever. I don't yeah. I don't remember what time it was, but I decided to put me on the driveway <laughs> cuz I was under 1 year old. Um <laughs> uh, put me on the driveway with a bunch of pots and pans to make a, you know, to make noise sure. to um yeah. to piss off the neighbors and uh that's <laughs> how I started playing drums. 30 years later with a music degree and <laughs> Crazy. Now, you have a degree
0: from Syracuse University. It's music industry. I want to say I did my research on
3: it's, that. It's a BA music concentration, yeah. music industry. Yeah, yeah.
0: What was your plan with that initially when you came out of college? What did you want to
3: do with that degree? Uh, to be a rock star. Rock star. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah think- they didn't have a major in rock stardom, so that's the closest <laughs> oh. thing that. Hmm. You know, made sense to me.
0: I don't think we talked about this last time you were on the show, but you uh, were a member of the famous Syracuse uh, Sour Citrus Society band and played at the Syracuse uh, NCAA basketball games. So that's like a really dope thing about you that I think a lot of people don't necessarily know. you have any cool stories about the Sour Citrus Society? Nope. (laughs) None. No, story. no you made like a
3: sports illustrator with that face it. paint though didn't you uh, uh boston globe boston globe <laughs> yeah it was the boston globe it was um so i had i don't know i, I looked at a, a baccarat table yeah yeah. and that's what i did around my eyes and then i had blackout contacts mm. and uh yeah i also had you know Foot and a half dreadlocks with you these did have uh, amazing dreadlocks. Yeah, that's was crazy. Was
0: there any like specific games or anything you remember, like just being six a, overtime games, six overtime game? You yeah. were there for that one? Yes. God, that's wild. I remember watching that that's, game on TV. That's where, the,
3: that's where the picture was taken. God, that's so nuts, man. Um, that was seriously t- when Divendorf hit the three, and they had to, um, they had to determine if it was a three or not. Yes. But it came off oh after God. his um, after he shot. It. I remember doing a drum roll. Hmm. Like waiting for it because it was taken forever. Everybody was just like, "Did we win? Did we not win? Are we still going?" <laughs> and then they were like, "No good." <laughs>
0: it's
3: like, oh. I was
0: uh, I was living on Thomas Street at that house with Dano, and we went out mm-hmm. to. We were gonna go out to. For any of you people from like the two thousand seven two thousand six era, we were about to go to Space Twenty Six to go watch Thomas D mm-hmm. spin on the DJ table. Nice. It's, the new Chromio album was out and we were trying to get him to spin some Chromio for us. And we were like, we're sitting around the table, it's all of us. Like there's a bunch of people who were like, Oh, oh, let's go to the let's go to the bar, let's go to the bar. We're like, no, 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 we'll go after the game. And literally after every overtime we would say, All right, after the next one, we're just gonna go. And then we ended up just staying home the whole night because it's (laughs) It's like like four o'clock in the morning. We're like, all right, no point. Uh and for those of you who are maybe still somehow possibly doubting the credentials of one Chris Mandry as a Syracuse legend man who made his mark on Syracuse. Your Facebook page says that you were once a former employee at the Pita Pit, which is very impressive for anyone from Syracuse. I don't think that's true. Did you really work the Pita Pit?
3: I worked, yes, I worked not only (laughs) not only the counter and creating the Pitas and doing prep work, but I would also do deliveries. Um, That was my job every Saturday, actually. I lived in an apartment behind Pita Pit, (laughs) actually, on East Adams. And um, and every Saturday, I would deliver mm. pitas from four in the afternoon to four in the morning, mm. and then I would go to Doc's house, my friend yeah, Doc, yeah. for a Sinister Saint band practice the next day, I was and just uh, ask about Sinister listen Saint. Listen to uh, listen to Gerbil on uh, on K Rock. There was one time um, that I dressed up like Jesus on Halloween. Yes, and I was delivering pitas. <laughs> and some people Peter Jesus. Some people didn't even know that it was Halloween. <laughs> you know, like that just didn't register. You played to a lot of bands
0: over the years. Uh, for people who know you, probably from I remember you initially from Havoc, obviously, but that's because we were we were watching you play Metallica covers in Steve's basement. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people remember you from Sinister Saint from Syracuse. I remember going to Syracuse at like uh, Funkin' Waffles in the basement and watching you guys play Sinister Saint shows, which oh, was yeah. wild. Uh, and then, of course, most recently, I'd say Street Rock is the one thing is Street Rock Mafia is the thing most people remember you from. Like recently, mm-hmm. you play a lot though. You're all over the place. You do tons of like clandestine drumming that no one talks about. <laughs> 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 I just use my five dollars words.
3: I like it. What does that mean?
0: Uh, sneaky undercover. Like like some people don't, you know.
3: Oh yeah, I'm clandestinating everywhere. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, it's um. Doing doing Street Rock We got to open up For Mob Deep Recently a Project yeah, how about that? That, We got to open up For yeah. Fishbone Who's going to be At Moe Down mm. I'm about to see them yeah, Angelo so I, yeah. And Norwood Oh my god They're awesome <laughs> dudes Um, So that was That was cool Down at the Down at the Westcott Bad Fish A bunch of times um, yeah. I'm in a metal band Now Squall I love Squall We, we actually Squall We started at the Same exact time As um, as Street Rock Yeah the, Like literally
0: The same exact month yeah, because I remember I wanted to try and get you to come play drums with me and Kevin, and you were like also in Squall and in Street Rock at the same time. He's had, no, he's had no free time for drumming.
3: He's it's not- got to... I mean, the, only, the reason why I started those bands is because there was a drum set there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. That's <laughs> it. it. And so I just went there and I fucking played the drums. <laughs>
0: uh, so, Chris, um, I want to say one more time before we, uh, before we get into the lightning round. Uh, go distance runner your first Boilermaker I'm actually very proud of you jokes aside it is tough okay. to do uh, I'll tell you this though and I tell this has been my fourth year in a row that I've done it and last year I did very I did no training basically and I still mm-hmm. ran it what's it was, your time oh god it was like an hour 48 I did, I did really bad
3: like I didn't that's where I'm that's yeah. basically where I'm um,
0: I'll tell you what though like one of the nice things about it and remember this if I don't see you during that day the people on the crowd, like on the side of the crowds, get you distracted. That's the best part. Like the more you get into it and like mm-hmm. be around, the less you're paying attention to like how far you're going. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to like get distracted. It's Like you're just yeah? trying to see
3: more people. Yeah, what's going on over here? <laughs> yeah. There's like more stuff going. <laughs> on. No, party over here. Party over here.
0: And then also people say the golf course is really like tough. Uh, it is tough, but actually the golf course is the dopest part because once you get to the top and you start going downhill through the golf course mm-hmm. from the top of the golf course. All the way to the bottom of Burstone when it starts to get hard again. Mm-hmm. That's what I call the glory run. Because it's all pretty much downhill and it's all the South Utica and folks. Then and then it know, gets hard again. And you're just like, yeah. People throw in you popsicles and water. It's great. So I'm really excited for you. Um, Thank you.
3: I, I went and I got uh, MRIs on my, I, not an MRI, but I got x-rays on my knee. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No more I knee had, brace? I had runner's knee. No, that's how I got the knee brace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Chris, are you ready for the lightning round? Sure. Uh, before we do this one again, thank shout out to Jordan Peters, uh, who I wanted to say, yeah, uh, I wasn't gonna run the Boilermaker this year. I, he sort of talked me into it last time we interviewed. Uh, Boilermaker app is pretty dope though, so shout out to everyone, Kobe. Uh, Boilermaker app is great. Uh, get it if you're running the Boilermaker, it's awesome. I really enjoyed it. I met Chris,
3: Jordan in Syracuse actually. He's a great guy, isn't he when I was living out there. Nice guy. I just saw him in the hockey house. He was playing club hockey for the Syracuse team. I saw him. Yeah, he's very. He's talked about that. He's very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, thank so you ready for the lightning round questions? Uh, yeah let's do it Alright boom uh, Chris Mandry When you wake up Early in the morning How do you take Your coffee Black Black coffee Nothing at all
3: Not not a thing mm. You eat iced coffee Or hot coffee Depends on the situation When I, <laughs> when I get iced coffee It's uh, uh, Usually like Medium iced coffee With a shot of espresso Black
0: Oh A shot of espresso See that's tough it No cream and sugar For this man It's really good
3: <laughs> I say black because I like
0: it black. It's the best that way. That's the, that seems to be the most OG way that people have been getting it. All right. So, what was your first automobile, Christopher? Uh, Saturn SL1, four door. Right, you did have a Saturn,
3: didn't you? You were one of the few people I knew who had a Saturn. I love that Shout car. I to wanted Saturn. so. Oh, I wanted. Do they make so Saturns big. now? They still Saturns no. around? Nope. Nope. They're done. I'll tell you. Well, I've been seeing Saturn minivans for the first time ever I, in <laughs> I 2017. Those. Those this are is dope. the first time I've seen them for some reason. But uh, but their two-door sporty cars, the yeah. Saturn Sky, that'll be a classic car, yeah. I think, because it was only made for a couple of years. Uh, you may or may not have taken your Saturn on the drive, but uh, where did you go and who did you see at
0: your first live music event?
3: My That was my... I was with my dad. I don't know if he had a center then. I was nine, so it was ninety-five. Oh, <laughs> oh What'd you guys say? Uh, I saw uh, Jethro Tull and Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Tall at the oh. um, Syracuse uh, State Fair. Did you know either of them beforehand, or you just Jethro going, Tull? That was one of the first bands. Yeah. I Jethro Tull and Genesis were the first two bands I listened to. Genesis, I came around to. Overhang, lately. the song Overhang by Jethro Tull is the best Jethro Tull song. Jethro... uh, All I knew about Jethro Tull
0: for a long time was, like, the Metallica thing. Like, oh, they won the (laughs) Best Hard Rock Grammy over Metallica, whatever it was. Um, All right, so give me one book, album, movie, or television show that you are currently reading, listening to, or watching.
3: Oh, man. I just finished um, Fear and Loathing and the Campaign Trail of 1972. The book? By Hunter S. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find anything relevant with today's political... (laughs) It... Is the exact same thing. It is the most mind blowing thing. I mean, Hunter S. Thompson is just the the way he writes. You just tell it's his perspective. It's no twist on it. It's no like this is what it is. It's he's saying this is my perspective. I think that's very real journalism. I think it's awesome to see. I like Hunter S. Thompson a lot.
0: I think that I read. Like a not very good Hunter S. Thompson book. Mm-hmm. Early on, I read the Rum Diaries, which I didn't really like. That very one was rough. I actually yeah. didn't get through it. I yeah. got through like the first. And two I feel like it of sort it. of gave
3: me a bad vibe for mm-hmm. like a lot of his stuff. But, oh, yeah. dude, yeah. No, listen, listen. Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and then if you read some of his essays, he just wrote letters and cut copies of them. Mm. Absolutely hilarious. You can just read like very short, you know, one minute reads. Mm. That's just will put you in mm. stitches. Uh,
0: if you can go to dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your family, who would you go with?
3: John, John Bonham. John Bonham. <laughs>
0: yes. I would love it, to tape that footage and just watch it forever, you and John Bonham talking yeah. about anything but drums. Yep. Are you a big Zeppelin guy? I love Zeppelin. Yeah. Would you One say, of my like, top favorites. Top favorites? Top five. I have a hard time picking my top, like... I, I've gone back and forth with, like, top three. It's usually Radiohead's in there somewhere. hmm uh, usually pavements in there somewhere,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I for some reason pavement? I don't. I love pavement, man. Pavement was big for me. I really like for a certain yeah. time. It's it. Pavement probably faded a little bit. White my,
3: Zombie was like dude. The, White Zombie is underrated. <laughs> underrated. White Zombie is probably the best fan of all time. Do you like Radiohead? I love Radiohead. You I like took Radiohead. a class on Radiohead. You took a class on Radiohead. Ooh, really? Yeah, I yeah. took a history class. I got three credits. <laughs> For a music history class on Radiohead, <laughs> we used to have to. Was it to SU? To, yeah, it was. It. Uh, it was Should a four taken... week. Um, I'm sorry, two week, two week crash course. We listened to these albums. Every single album, super, super hardcore. What? Can we just go back to the question before that? Sure, sure. The the music album. Which one? The book,
0: album, music, and show.
3: Right. So book, album, music, and show. So the album was it the best album that I've listened to?
0: Oh, I was just, Eddie, you don't have to do all of them. I just oh, just pick could, which yeah, you one? You can pick which one you want. You got a show you're watching? You got an album you listen to? What? What's up? You can pick all of them if you want. I'm not going to stop you.
3: Um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not. Um, What's in your car right now? Like, if I went into your car right now and I've got an on. SD card. Oh, you got an SD card? Yeah, so it's just tons of shit. But, um, 311's newest album, Mosaic, came out like five days ago. Yeah, yeah, Steve was I've telling listening me. to it nonstop. Um... Yeah, yeah, that's great. I feel like I like three. I appreciate three eleven, but mm-hmm. I'm
0: sort of on the outside looking in sometimes when I see like you guys how much you guys love three
3: eleven. It's strange because yeah. that's been within their their second, their their last album before this. Yeah, and it was very weird for me to to just like, you know how you meet some people? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later in life, mm. and it's like, this is gonna be one of my best friends. Sure. It's kind of like that. It's like, wow, these guys have been around for how many years, and they're this good? And then you just go back and start listening to their stuff, Mm. and it's it's awesome. Uh, And Chris, besides 311, besides
0: drums, besides uh, Kobe, besides metal music, besides just being a man among
3: men, give me one more thing that you are passionate about. The only thing I'm thinking about right now is the Billy Joel show. Tribute show. You know, it's my on, cousin
0: who sings with you, right? On
3: July, yeah, Julius Grant. Yeah, so, yeah, it's my so July eighth, we're gonna be playing at the Stanley Theater. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be awesome. I got this. I just bought a brand new drum set. It's pure pure African mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's ridiculous. It looks. It's just. It's beautiful. So um, so we're gonna be playing um the night before July July eighth from six to eight. Should come and see it. It's gonna be a great event for the Stanley. Can I ask you? Uh, one and then can you one more time, whatever that question was before that? But I no
0: haven't. no no. no. Well, I was, well, I want to ask you this one. What's your favorite song to play on the Billy Joel set? Uh, I'm a big Billy Joel you know guy, what? so I'm curious. Billy
3: Joel. When I went, when I moved to Nashville, I lived there for a year, and I started appreciating songwriting <laughs> a lot. And Billy Joel is a crazy songwriter. He's got he does some some crazy stuff. My favorite song. Is probably scenes from Italian restaurant. Yeah. It's kinda like his one mm. by Metallica. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a good comparison. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My mom is like a huge Billy Joel fan growing up, so I listen
3: to it. She lot should call she should come to the show. She's it's seen a rock. She wants she loved this it. This is gonna actually. be a different animal. This is the first time that I'm using acoustic drums. I've used mm. electric drums in the Stanley of in the all everywhere that we've played, I've used electric drums so far. So this is going to mm. be a different. It's going to be a different animal. It's going to feel a little different.
0: Do you guys do "Innocent Man"? That's a good one. No. <laughs> Only eighties, Joel. No. Oh,
3: <laughs> no. No. It's, it's actually. Oh, we should call it the Catalina Wine Mixer. You <laughs> <We> should, <laughs> should. dress up if like. If we said we're throwing the Catalina Wine Mixer <laughs> at the Stanley. At They're, the Stanley Theater, people would come, everybody You know, it. I'm glad you got that, because I was just... I would talking, buy a ticket, and I'd be like, <laughs> fuck, I'm playing this thing? I was just talking to somebody about
0: this last week, about, like, how, um, Step Brothers is kind of an underrated comedy movie, that, like, people sort of, like, everyone really likes Erics. now, like, yeah. people didn't talk about it much when it came out, but now, like, years later, like, yo, Step Brothers I feel is like
3: Airheads was is like that, and PCU a little <laughs> bit, you know, it's like, people, everyone saw it, but no one really... We talked it? about seeing it. You know what's yeah, a really man. bad one? UHF. Go watch that one when I love it. That. That's a good Who one. Who wants to drink from the fire
0: <laughs> hose? Chris, it is an absolute pleasure <laughs> to have you back on. Uh, oh, I'm looking forward to running with you. Uh, congratulations on your first Boilermaker. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, just keep keep being you, man. Just keep living. You might want to. I think I'm actually gonna I'm thinking I'm gonna hand out those medical face masks. Yes. Because of all the dust that everyone else in the Boilermaker is going to oh. eat when I run right by them. Mm, mm, like the Roadrunner. We're back to the show <laughs> just a moment.
0: All right, thank you once again to GFOP, Chris Mandry, newest member of the Two Timers Club. Uh, it was nice to see. I don't see Chris as often as I'd like to see him. For a guy who's, like, outside of the show, is an actual, legit friend of mine, not, like, a, a casual Not one of these fake friend. friends? Not one of these fake friends. Oh, uh, okay. How many of us? How many of us? Real friends. You know that one? Yeah, that's another one. It was you. very alt-country. <laughs> real friends. Uh, speaking of real friends, here's... Uh... a. <laughs> Here's Justin Parkinson, who snuck into the show. You begged to be on, Parkinson. Begged
2: is a loose word. You told me you were missing some time because
1: of the holiday, and I figured, you know... Last time I checked, you were running for dog catcher in Virginia. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where have you been, mystery man? What's going on?
2: Nowhere. (laughs) You need to know, Bob, because this is of your satisfaction. Uh,
0: So, you've had Franklin Square Film Series coming up. Yes. Uh, How's that going for you so far? How's Made in Utica life? good it's good yeah geez you know you begged me to come on the show you know you got nothing to say what's your point of being here parkinson what's up just to troll you for a minute
2: sam because i have been gone for two weeks okay well in that case 60 seconds on the clock and then you're gone oh no (laughs) no i haven't been for two weeks down in virginia stuck you were stuck in your rv yes i didn't want to admit it to you right off the bat i thought what happened rv RV broke down i wanted to maybe have more casual conversation before we got into this that's why i was just stalling
0: do you want to talk about history lessons first and then we can talk about how I was right and no. this RV was a boondoggle and you never should have bought, you never should have bought it? Is that what we... You want to wait a minute? Now that you've already said it, we'll just go right into it. All right. So are you here to admit that I was right? I want to be
2: able to... Uh, <laughs> listen. Listen. I be, see, the
1: thing about that is... Listen. I got a checking account and save his account. <laughs> go ahead, no, no, please. Go ahead. I want to be
2: able to argue that the end of the trip was not worth it considering that I was down there for 15 days trying to get the RV fixed. But the prior planned days, which was like three or four days that I parked at, at a river and got to hang out with electricity inside like this little tiny house home driving thing, that was really cool. So if you do like a hundred scale like 75-25 Seventy five, twenty five for the first time, and I've never even driven it. That was the first time I ever drove the thing, and I went all the way to Virginia. No your,
1: problem. Your ability to bend reality to fit <laughs> your narrative like, is stunning. You fit in very well, in modern day America. I will tell you that. You should see me driving that thing.
0: I look. I'm not six hundred miles. No one is denying. I
1: heard that you were a terror on the road and you could barely no, handle the that's thing. That's true. That was the word out of some of your co pilots. Oh come on. I'm just saying.
0: I'm not. De- look, I'm not Parkinson. I'm not denying that enjoying. The beautiful southern landscape and countryside in an RV with your gal and your pets was a dope time. <laughs> I think I'm sure that that was, like, a fine time. Like, I'm not denying that. No one's denying that. What I'm saying to you is this. It's supposed to work. Like, you shouldn't be, like, well, 75, 25. Like, when it was working, it was awesome. Yeah, but now it doesn't work anymore. No. But if it, you, do, but, you know to, I mean? but like, to
1: be fair, if you buy uh, an RV that's over three decades old and it costs <laughs> as much as a new suit... <laughs> You almost get what you a, pay for, it's almost I a suppose.
0: A... Do you feel like you, okay? So I guess the question is: Do you feel like you got your value for the money you paid for the RV,
1: including all the money paid in yeah. afterwards? I would
0: say
2: yes, because yes, he says. Well, if I were to get rid of, no, he's thing, got a
1: summer home in Virginia. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if I were to get rid of it, say hypothetically, sure, it would still be a break even for me. Like it's still worth, you know, what we pay. Like it's it's okay right now, you know um the part ended up being a radiator which ends up being a hundred dollar radiator but the trouble was i couldn't find it anywhere because like right. i said when things are that old the part because was discontinued so it, it has to be uh just just in it's narrative. not like it's a
1: 2002 camera what was year a was a this car dollar? from
2: 1986 eight. older than half of these probably it was yeah. literally yeah. the
1: exact breaking bad rv pretty much yeah it is yeah. yeah. the
2: exact yeah. one the ship.
0: Uh, yep it could have been you
2: you should have seen me driving it though uh
0: looks <laughs> so good uh, you should, you know what you should do? You should subvert your RV into Utica's booming uh, Uber business. You could be the you could Uber also, RV guy.
1: Yeah, that's not it. But so, as far as what you should do, your first step, you should go get it. I'm go- we're going to
0: talk.
1: Oh, yeah. You should go get it. Um, well, Parker, I'm glad you're back.
0: Yeah. I am, so- sort of. Sort of, yeah. You've, you've brought a lot of stress and strain on me since you've been back already. I can say that.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, that's well, how you can
1: tell. And he's back, so you can tell he's home. You all should right. go
2: sit on that chair out there to relieve some of it. It's ridiculous. The bean bag, you mean it's not a chair, it's a bean bag. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, that was, that,
1: that was in storage for six years and it's dusty and probably full of bugs. I threw it out and you brought it in. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: all right, do you guys want to do some history lessons?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was that enthusiastic <laughs> enough? No,
0: it's <laughs> terrible. Uh, all right. better
1: be some real patriotic stuff. It's the 4th of July, for God's sakes. Uh,
0: well, of course. Uh, let's start right there, then. On this date, in 1776, the United States declared independence uh, from the limey English.
1: Oh. That should have been the one sole history fact. We really could have sold that up. There's only one history fact we need today, folks, on this, the 4th of July, given the whole uh, Bill Pullman speech, and then just hit it. Uh, we're working well, on that for yeah. something else. Shh,
2: shh, shh, shh. And I forgot shh. That this is that t- tomorrow is the 4th, so today... That's what I'm just...
0: Well, I say today, but today... I know, I know. I I was like the magic of podcasting. I know. Either way, uh, either way, today is the day we declared independence from the the Limey, Limey English. Uh, We celebrate our 241st year uh, as a country. This was the first Brexit, for people who are curious, you know, for only modern news. You know, this was the first...
2: (laughs) Can I tell you something, though? Because I sent out a newsletter a couple days ago.
0: Sure, of course. They
2: actually signed everything on the second, and then John Adams wrote to his wife how the second was going to be celebrated forever as the day that you have all this stuff that ended up really being the fourth. Isn't that weird? That is
0: kind of weird. That's interesting. I'm into that. Uh, do you know, uh, we actually didn't... Or approve. That's going say sign it. wasn't actually until 1783 with the signing of the Treaty of Paris that we became recognized as a lone sovereign nation. What day, what day was that then? I don't Same. know. That, 1783.
2: Should be,
1: that should be kind of celebrated. 1783? You can only pick one day though. Yeah, you gotta pick one. We have like eight federal holidays. This federal holiday is different that than like one. fireworks in the park. That one of those should be one. A sovereign nation's a big deal. Oh. On this day, in
0: 1890, uh, Idaho became a state. You wanna guess what number of state it
1: was? Into the Union? Wanna take a shot in the dark? when did you say 1890? 1890. Oh, <sighs> uh, like 39? 39. 39. What do you got, Parkinson? <clears throat> i want to say... I'm a fool. It's in the 40s. 33. 43 is the number. 43rd
0: Iowa. of our United States. No no.
2: Idaho, perception. famous for their
1: potatoes. I
0: was just going to say, if you had to play like like one word analogy, that's what you think of with Idaho, right? Sadly, just potatoes. I also think of Kurt Warner, or Kurt Warner, the quarterback. He played for the... Uh, no, that was Iowa. Never mind. Iowa, yeah. We'll that's I, yeah. I was thinking of Iowa.
1: <laughs> Iowa makes me think of the primary elections and Slipknot... Um yes. <laughs> yes. Idaho makes me think of there's one really, really funny line in the movie The House Bunny with Anna Ferris that came out like ten years ago. Yeah where the punchline of the joke is Idaho and I haven't laughed that hard at almost everything <laughs> no. in a movie <laughs> yeah, ever, yeah. and so I always remember that. No, no, it's not like uh, that. It's about the
0: state. Uh have I discussed with you my theory about states not existing until I know somebody who's from there or who can prove its existence? Idaho is one of those states that like it could be there. I have no proof. I got a lot of friends from Idaho. Yeah, friends from Idaho. Mm-hmm. Boise State. Wait, like, that's something from Idaho. Football. Oh, there you the go. Floor. The blue, the blue turf. Yeah, there you go. It's close. On this day in 1976, uh, the Clash played their very first gig. Uh, Joe Strummer was not in the band at the time. He was watching from the audience, but he said that he knew that it was time. Uh, I love the Clash. The Clash and the Sex Pistols seem to be like the Beatles, Rolling Stones argument for the punk rock folks.
1: Wrong. No. Sad. No. Good? I don't. I would say uh, you can get more mileage off of me with Clash and Ramones, but then it really becomes Ramones and Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols are all about what they did and the attitude they meant, but they don't really have songs. No, that's true. All their music is not very good, because they were not very good. It was about like, the attitude and the style, but like, The Clash is some high-level musicality that brings in and fuses a lot of different genres together, especially in a later age. Um, the Clash, I didn't appreciate as much when I was young, but yeah. I do much more now than I'm old. Love the clash now.
0: Put a lot of clash on my phone this week.
1: I'd like to the pretend weekend. that I was like super cool and listen to the clash when I was like sixteen and just like,
0: hell yeah, I, but certainly, I was not. I may or may not have gotten into the clash because I was jealous of someone else who was into the clash and angry at them. Well wow. let's put it out there. Oh story.
1: But, I won't say a peep
0: about it. But the clash has transcended that. As I move into my elderly age, I still I'm like, yo, the clash though so is still dope. Like regardless of how sad I was back then, the clash is still killer. Love I think match. I
1: did get into more styles of music as I got older too so a lot of like the uh, the reggae stuff they do and the yeah, rock and billy stuff a lot of the different like styles they bring in I'm more into it now that I'm older how much was that concert do you think the first tour? to go to it yeah probably like free. yeah it's probably like, that's what I'm,
2: I'm yeah. just as a curious question how much do you think someone uh, they, they, especially at that time 76 or something two what would pounds
0: it, it was in England so
2: they
1: were probably the opening band on like a six band Sunday show at some club that charged like a dollar to get in with no real tickets yeah, and no good. security guards and your first drink on, them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on this day in 1985, Back to the Future was
0: released. We've talked a lot about Back to the Future on this show many times. I'm not going to get into it. Parkinson, plug your film series. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's our film series? Jeez. <laughs> I just like to put them on the spot.
2: Plug something. Come July 22nd. It'll be two weeks from basically Bowler Maker Weekend. Mm-hmm. So it'll be Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah. Welcome to
0: Earth. That's my favorite line from that oh. movie. Oh. No? No one?
1: I don't
0: think so. I like that one. That's I don't know. I don't All right. Okay. And on this day uh, in 1997, uh, the Pathfinder mission landed on Mars, uh, securing uh, 10,000 plus images of the planet for the first time. Uh, although it cost $150 million, Jesus. NASA claimed that it was a huge triumph. Uh, a lot of time, For people, it was a lot of times the first time people had ever seen the surface of Mars.
2: How about perspective on this one then? So it was, what, $150 million to put something on Mars and take... A bunch of pictures well the pathfinder was the actual mission it sent out um, what well, i'm saying like for alex rodriguez made 275 million dollars <laughs> different time play baseball so like i think that's because really you good can't investment.
1: sell advertising on I mars My <laughs> <Not> yet <laughs> yet <Yeah. laughs>
2: but like uh 150 million is not that bad we waste it on far larger <laughs> things and i guess maybe in 97 the perspective is different but like athletes make more than that stuff like we definitely
0: have that money to waste uh, to tie that
2: into yes, session.
1: we should put more money into NASA and the space program. I agree. Yeah. Uh,
0: speaking <laughs> I agree. of which, <laughs> speaking of which, this is actually pretty cool. On July tenth, coming up this week, uh, matter of fact, next week from today. Uh, the Juno spacecraft will be flying over the Jupiter Great Red Spot, which will offer people the first close-up view of the Great Red Spot in There's Jupiter. Some
1: of these pictures that have been coming back of Saturn and Jupiter in the last couple months yes. is
0: unreal. I'm very excited for unreal. this. Unreal. Huge nerd-out moment. Uh, so, yeah. How much does that cost? Now, that's a good question. I need to pull up the numbers. Billions. Right that's probably is a lot. outrageous. Yeah, you know, no, plus that's, Jupiter?
1: Bo- that's booming around space, taking pictures, navigating, doing flybys. It's a whole different story. And
0: think of, you got to think about context. Like, from Earth to Mars is basically like taking a swing down to the old bodega, and the, u- in the universe in the universal scale now. to go from okay, Earth to Jupiter, like the amount of distance and technology necessary to make that happen, like eh.
1: I expect that to cost. It's like going people. to a whole other borough. It is. It's
0: like going to Queens. <laughs> Fucking name, hey, man. Sorry, there's five points right. of the Two.
1: universe. There you go.
0: <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's all the history lessons I have for us today. Uh, I sort of teased it. We had our Uber debut, Uber rollout in Utica happened last week. What? Um, yeah, yeah, happened yeah. last Thursday. Uber's kidding, live. Man. I'm kidding. Uber is live, man. I'm I actually kidding. I opened my Uber app today and logged back into it just to see how many uh, cars were out there. I saw three road right around our neighborhood. I
2: so. want to do the affiliate program and I'm gonna start slinging you guys codes to use Uber to save on your rides. So we, that's the way to go. Don't be driving an affiliate
0: program so here's my thought about it. I, I almost took an uber to the tavern on friday just to test it out but then i realized i've done this before in new york so why am i testing this i don't know how this works already uh <laughs> you
2: just need someone to drive you around that's
0: no one ever drives me around i'm always the this... one who drives i'm always the driving guy and a lot of that comes from the fact that i don't drink very often so that's kind of my own fault
2: i i told you today they make me get car insurance to ride with you
0: yeah they do because it's that, it's that risky Kev, you were there on Thursday for Saturday Night Thursday. You saw the the Uber rollout, if you will. Did you see any interesting thoughts on the first night of Uber?
1: Um, you know, here's the thing. We had big plans to do a large rollout and everything for the Uber and, you know, make the nice announcement and get in with it. But the weather was supposed to be so bad that it never really happened. So check for uh, this Thursday. We're going to just pretend that it's happening this Thursday. Pretend it hasn't been going on. Uh, the big thing that I've seen a lot of people very, saying... Very the, big th- <laughs> the big thing I've been seeing a lot of people saying is that there's not a ton of drivers around here. And that's to be expected. I think it'll take some time for it to really catch on around here. I think there's probably, like, certainly a lot of, like, old folks who yeah. don't trust it. They're afraid that... You know, you know the old folks. I do know the, the old folks. folks the Tenney voters. They're going to be a little bit concerned about... Oh. You know, trusting and getting into it. I think once more people understand it, it'll really catch on. And I also know a lot of people who are pending drivers. People say there's only a few drivers out here. I know people that are pending, waiting to go through the system to be drivers. There's an interest for a lot of people who want to be drivers. So it's great to have the option. It's just great to have another option besides calling the cabs. Although people always complain about the cabs. I've never had a problem with a cab in Utica. I've never had a single issue. Like, I've always had flawless, excellent cab service, too, but... I'd, at least this one, I've got an app. I don't have to call somebody. Competition's important.
2: Can I give you a quick Roanoke story with using Uber because we didn't have a car down there, we had to use a lot. Sure. We we took it, um, and we asked the guy, gave him the story about how I was coming to New York, yada yada yada, and he listens on satellite radio, oddly enough too. I miss in the morning through a satellite, so he gets all Utica advertisements. So he was like sure. kind of plugged into stuff about the area through advertising in an Uber car in Roanoke. So that was like the weird part of the story. But what he said is that. Taxi drivers and, like, other people started calling in false pickups and mm-hmm. doing things just to, like, get the system all out of whack so it wouldn't be successful. So I was like, I hope nothing like that goes on. You know yeah. what? It becomes, like, this, this little turf war where you're, like, kind of, you got a lot of the thing to progress, I guess. You yeah. Know? So I, I'm curious to see where that goes because that happened in Roanoke with, with things, you know, and it kind of messed, messed stuff up for people.
0: If nothing else, it'll force, like, competition's always good right, for any sort of business, right, like, I always think, I would think of everything in wrestling terms, we're going to talk about wrestling in just a second, but, um, like, you know, if there's no one else pushing the cab company, like, the local cab company, what forces them to, like, make their service any better, right, like, just from True. a simple concept like that, I think about, it can't be bad, and even if Uber, like, doesn't last around here, yeah. or, right, like, maybe it'll force the other local cab companies to, like, take more attention, I don't know, I don't think there's anything wrong, necessarily, with having another option, so. A lot of
2: the stuff like I was saying when we did that panel way back when is just kind of regulations too so like some of yeah. your costs are set for a reason depending on where you're living and things like that so as long as everything's an e- even playing field too I
1: feel like
0: Uber has kind of a bad public persona right now
1: because yeah. the owner's
0: kind of a wild
2: card he's
1: scumbag I think yeah, he's, he's a, a bad I think he's gone I He'll, think they he, got rid of him he
0: stepped away like voluntarily yeah just because he didn't pay down the side there Um, so I gotta I gotta credit anything, anything more we want to talk about what if he's we'll an on? Uber driver now he probably is <laughs> Anyone else we want to talk about before we move on to the next thing? No, very good. Uh, so I got sent this story last week, and we didn't talk about it, but I need to discuss it because my good friend Dano, follow him at Famo and Wookie on Twitter. He's, he's just, active. He's I pretty think. active on the Famo and Wookie Twitter. Handle. One of the
1: funniest follows there is out there. That's too. A He's real, really good. Yeah. That's he's, a true wild
0: card. He's a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. Um, he sent me this link to uh, a wrestling character and said. Hey, Sam, they're stealing your gimmick. So this is the wrestler. I'm going to throw this at you. We've talked about wrestling gimmicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we wrestling guys. The progressive liberal, Dan Richards. Uh, he was a journeyman wrestler uh, from West Virginia who had just sort of toiled around doing the local wrestling scene, of wrestling course. for small of folks. Of course. How else of would course. you get in the game? Uh, when he was told by a promoter to be the biggest heel that he could be. Heel means bad guy. Heel means bad guy. Um... And because he was in West Virginia, and he was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he knew what he could do. Uh, just, so, you ready for this? This is yeah. great. He took the microphone and brought some rhetoric into the ring. This is the quote. I hope Trump doesn't build a wall around Mexico. Instead, I hope he builds it around this town so you people can't infiltrate the population.
3: True. <laughs> True.
0: That's uh, heel heat. So he's doing this shtick. The progressive liberal, Dan Richards, um... He goes he, viral? He Yeah, he's been going viral. So he tells the crowds he's going to take away their guns. Uh, he says uh, he wants to reprogram Trump supporters to make them favor renewable energy over coal. What a great wrestling That's the this. biggest insult he could have done on West Virginia. He should have started right off with coal. They don't care about anything Ooh. else. Uh, here's the last one for you. I really enjoyed this one. I know how you stupid Trump voters think he's quoted as saying, allow me to illustrate dirt, dirt, dirt. I love coal, dirt, 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 I love mountains, unquote. Uh, His finishing move, you guys want to take a guess at what his finishing move is called? Boy. I
1: already know, Someone, I already read the article. You already read the article? The Liberal Agenda. Is That's
2: pretty good.
1: Oh, my God. He's delivering the liberal that agenda. That should be the name of his
0: show, though, like the Piper's Pit. The liberal agenda? It's That'd be kind a good, of a yeah. bit, and it's got to be pre- uh, pre-recorded because people you, will go for For people who don't know better, for non-wrestling fans, uh, these kind of gimmicks actually have happened before. Yeah. On the other side of this, uh, if you want a good internet look, look up a guy named Jack Swagger. And his manager, Zeb Coulter, who were basically a couple years ago doing the Tea Party Wrestler. And that caught some, like, flack from Fox News. There's a pretty good video of, like, Bill O'Reilly talking
1: trash about them. What are your thoughts about the Bill progressive- O'Reilly, who assaults and harasses women. Yes. We cannot go home without re- referencing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not a gimmick. That's just his real and natural That's yield. what he does.
1: <laughs> what are your thoughts about the progressive liberal Dan Richards, guys? It's a genius gimmick for work in those towns he's probably getting so many genuine booze um I'm afraid that I mean these people who obviously it's been made very clear in the last year have a tough time separating uh, fiction and entertainment from reality I'm concerned that one of these people might like take a shot at him I hope he's yeah. being careful. Um, it's too bad that it'll never translate to like a mainstream promotion. Like, he's not going to make it to like, you know, Hulk Hogan, John Cena wrestling for the people out there. I've never seen him, so. Um, but, uh, man, good for him. <laughs> I Hope he's like... getting paid. <laughs> uh, so, Dano
0: was sort of giving me a hard time saying this was my gimmick. Now, Parkinson, you have been here when we've talked about my actual wrestling gimmick that we're working on, which yep. is the statistician wrestler, yep. right? Uh, Any other good wrestling gimmicks you could ever think of? The contrarian. The contrarian. That was your... best one. Yeah, au contraire.
2: Yeah, au contraire. That that line would punt... Oh, my God. It'd be killer. What
1: about you, Kev? you got any good wrestling gimmicks you ever thought of over the years? Oh, man. It's tough to say. I feel like if I were going to be involved in wrestling, I would really like to be a manager or commentator. Yes. I would like to just talk. I just want to talk. You know what I mean? So I don't know what the gimmick would be. I feel like I could do... I'd be a better heel than uh, the face. I'd be a better bad guy than a good guy. Well, it's always more fun to be a bad guy
2: than it's a good It's all about guy. It's Bobby Heenan in that role, right? you got to aim to be Bobby, but better. Yeah. That would be
0: what you would have to do in that It's hard role. to do that because Bobby Heenan like, transcends... He's, He's funny in a he way that transcends wrestling. Say anymore. He would have been funny even outside of wrestling. Yeah. If he was on a television show, he would have been funny. Um, Shout out to Bobby the Brain Heenan. Shout out to Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh... I was gonna talk briefly. Do you guys see the story about Chris Christie lounging on a beach with his family? A beach that he had closed because the New York the New Jersey state government is shut down right now.
1: Yeah. Um I, my favorite part was he went out there and like the reporter asked him, so uh, so Chris Christie, you get any sun today? He's like, No, I didn't get any sun today. No sun today for me. And then he didn't realize the photos were out of like him and his family alone on this beach that he had closed the entire state, but his family still went to enjoy it, and he's like his spokesman was like, "Oh well, the governor was wearing a hat. That's why he said he didn't get any sun. He had his hat on. That's what he meant. He didn't know what you were asking. It was because of the hat it kept the sun away." Um, and then his answer, I was just was absolutely preposterous. It was amazing. He's like, "Well, yeah, run. For, it's because uh, the beach is attached to the govern the governor's like summer mansion or yeah. whatever in New Jersey." He's like, "Yeah, it's the beach attached to the mansion. If you run for governor and you can use the property, I don't know what to tell you." Oh man, it's uh, talk about heel moves.
0: I would like to see the progressive liberal Dan Richards take on the Crusher Chris Christie in the steel cage. I think that's there's money to be had there in that ring in that merit. I got the Crusher actually. He's a tough guy to take down. He's a big. The scariest part of that image is just Chris Christie on the beach and his family. That's kind of
2: yeah. Like, I mean, I he's... think that's what the whole that was burying the lead though. I felt like is people were pissed that he was on the beach and yeah. then like. Anything about the fact of Chris Christie being on the well, beach was like completely... There was so much good stuff there that you could have just launched well, first.
0: The narrative I've been reading all day is that people just like, well, yeah, this is just for the proof that Chris Christie doesn't care about anything. No, well. yeah. and he doesn't. Uh, no, even he doesn't, a little bit. He doesn't. Uh, so No we, shame. We've Chris Christie all the way around. None. We've talked a lot about wrestling. Uh, we have one more wrestling thing. Everyone's been talking about this new Netflix series, Glow. I did watch the entire series over the last two days. Parkinson, you also watched it. Uh, Kevin, did you watch any of it with me at One all? day. I, I watched about it.
1: five minutes of one episode in the middle of the season, so I've got a very dexterous grasp of what's going on here.
0: I just think it's interesting that like a show about wrestling based on a, a failed show about wrestling from the 80s is sort of catching on with like the culture at the moment.
2: Because I mean, it hardly has anything to do with them physically wrestling. they very minimal. It's all about did the, you, the backstory, like wrestling. Do you like, know that's what, what the whatever. second
1: letter in GLOW stands for? Ladies. There's your answer. Yep. gorgeous ladies and rest and that's why it
0: worked back then well it does sort of play into that same sort of like uh, Orange is the New Black uh, model yep. with like tons and tons of really strong like female character actresses it's really well done and really well made too It goes a long way Netflix just continues to uh, to make money we talk about Netflix a lot on this show
2: but well I told you earlier when we were driving around is that it's that's the type of show too that didn't have to dodge away from some stuff like without spoiling, like, a robot full of drugs. Like, they don't have... That can't be on a lot of different things, you know? Netflix, who yeah. cares, you know? Like, they could be kind of... It's a, it's a little bit offbeat show, too. Like, I don't know if it's
0: true to history exactly, but it's kind of... You know what I mean? Is Netflix more important than, like, cable channels now? Like, is Netflix more important yeah, than, like, NBC absolutely. and CBS? What does, it, what
1: does important mean to you in what context?
0: And, like, in terms of being... If you're... To, yeah. well, no,
1: because if you're... Because you... When you say NBC, ABC, you can say that, but if you just mean... Their like drama fictional shows like their shows, then yeah you make the argument as a whole to the culture. Not really, no, not at all. Do you, you think d- sometime it will be? Yes. Not Netflix itself as a singular entity. Maybe not. Mm, okay. Um Internet based streaming television. Yes. Mm. I don't think Netflix is the final form. I don't think Netflix is the. Yeah. I don't know if Netflix is going to be the one ten or fifteen years sure. from now. You know what I mean?
2: Sacrificial lamb, if you will. Well, eh, something is like that too, will be like
1: the... the they'll natter. just be... They'll be just sort of like a progenitor. Eh, yeah, something kind of... Yeah. As long as... Or, or like, reference. the MySpace. The MySpace. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're
2: getting more and more intrusive with the way that they present their stuff to maybe to get you watch, like, some of the originals. Like, now the trailers kind of playing in the background, just depending on certain devices, and, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of originals that are pushed kind of to the top, and as long as they keep serving stuff based on, like, your likes and your critiques, and it... Because that's what it is therefore for for you to choose what you want to watch type of deal. As long as they don't fall in, because that's where you get the news. Like, like, don't have them start feeding you the stuff they want you to watch. Like, do that, but maintain a good balance. That, Like, I still want to watch, like, full-time. I don't want to get
1: Netflix has really functionally shifted because they don't have, like... It didn't get a ton of pressure. see some stories about it, but they lost a lot of their third-party content. Like, you go out there and you start digging around on Netflix, like... Because we have pretty much all the services here, and I dig through all the services. If you took away all of the Netflix originals, their content is probably yeah. below, it's definitely below Amazon. It's probably below Hulu, but Hulu's got the ads so that makes them even. Yeah. So they lost a lot of their third party, so they have to chase after all these original pro, like programs and shows, because yeah. other than that, it would be very bare bones if they um, didn't
0: have that. It's interesting you brought that up. There's an article I almost talked about today. Uh, so from this is from 2011, but in one year, 2011, yeah. Uh, Netflix paid 45 million for a, for the oh, series of that Lost, the other day. 26 million for Scrubs and 12 million for Desperate Housewives. So you're talking I don't know
1: almost And that was like, like a year or two's worth of rights too. Yeah. I don't that, think any of those shows are still on there. Scrubs might be. lost is Is lost,
0: but like that's what you're talking about, and how much money
1: something like that costs,
0: right? Like, it's not cheap to get that's why your cable costs that much,
2: you know. And people would prefer to cut that and pay for Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon if they had to because you're still at 30 something dollars a month, 40 versus whatever you're at now, you know what I mean? Like, where are we gonna watch later tonight on television using what? Like, it's going to be cable television, using a laptop to stream it through the television. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't even have cable to go watch Raw later. We use a computer
0: for that. Every time I look over across at you, I just wish you were Heather instead of you. I, you know. So does he.
2: Yeah. He's, it's it's so does he. Please, yeah. Every single day of my life.
0: Uh, do we want to talk at all about The Untouchables? We watched The Untouchables last night, which was, we sort of debated oh, about The
1: Untouchables. Yeah, we can talk. Yeah, <laughs> We can talk about it if you like. It's a fine movie. It's all right. B-plus. Nice B-plus. B-plus
0: movie, The Untouchables. <laughs> Connery, though, is an From A From, like, way game. back? From 87. Connery. Yeah. Cosner. P- uh, De Niro, not Pacino. I don't know why I said
1: Pacino. De Niro as Capone.
0: Yeah, 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 with Jimmy Hoffa.
1: Yeah. No! No! <laughs> what a I, what what I load in this world... What are you over here saying? Yeah, like, yeah Jimmy Hoffa. I I'm like, meant, no, no, Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa. What am I thinking of? That's Jack Hoffa Nicholson.
2: Hoffa with Jack Nicholson. That's, that's a, no, that's I know what you're talking movie. about. Elliot
0: Ness. That's not a be- yeah, Elliot Ness. That was all right. That one's on. Uh, that's it. Yes. We're going to enjoy our 4th of July. want to thank you all for joining us again. Episode 106, thanks to Chris Mandry. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Chris I almost called you Chris Parkinson. Justin Parkinson. Uh, you can follow him at Made in Utica on
2: Pre, Twitter. Pre-boilermaker yoga stretch, Saturday, the 8th. Where? At the um, Franklin Square. Beautiful. Nine to ten. Free. It's totally free. Just come bring your mat or whatever. But get get all whatever yeah. you do down there. I like and it. I put together all, a yoga event on boiler. Get maker? Yeah, get it. Wait. Look at you. Well, I mean, do you think I did it at all? No, I don't think well, you did it,
1: Justin. I'm just here <laughs> I don't think that America. you did it.
2: Kevin, this is how
1: capitalism works. Oh. Without any capital. Isn't it your nap time?
0: Uh, MaidenUtica.com. Follow him at Twitter as well, at Maiden Also follow Heather. Heather wise one on Twitter. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan, me at S. Or Claudia, just,
1: slide into the DMs. You
0: know, Claudia, slide in, no well, into his DMs. Don't slide into my DMs.
1: Slide into any of them. I'll find you. Come over anytime you want.
0: Uh, follow the show at Udicast on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Udicast.com, uh, made in uh, Enjoy your 4th of July, folks. We will see you next week. Uh, Woodstock lives.
2: She's cancer free I got the phone call The other day
0: Hey, hey. See she All does right. Woodstock does live Woodstock lives America lives too America and Woodstock We'll, we'll she does. She's gone It's good Good I love it
1: Keep on keeping on At what point Does it get awkward <laughs> Oh we're well past that. Are we Is anybody still listening No How do you know